Hello and welcome to episode 13 of Oxfordshire Teacher Trainings podcast. Um, my name is Matthew Coatsworth and I'm delighted to be sitting down remotely with Janet Pierce and uh, we'll find out a little bit about Janet's role within Ofsted and in particular today we're going to be looking really deeply into the new initial teacher education inspection framework which at the time of recording was published about 24 hours ago. So Janet welcome and thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. I'm really pleased to be here. Pleased to be able to do this. Thank Brilliant. you. Brilliant. Brilliant. So, Janet, if it's all right with you to start with, um, it would be useful for our listeners to uh, first of all know what it is that you, you do and also um, what your knowledge is of Oxfordshire teacher training, because um, the name might be familiar to one or two people already. <laughs> um, OK, well, I'll go through a bit of that then. Um, I've been, well, I've been a school's HMI, I'm one of Her, Ma Her Majesty's inspectors with Ofsted since 2012, actually. I joined at the very moment when we changed the grade three judgment for schools from satisfactory to requires improvement. So it was another big change. And um, I have a secondary background in English and special educational needs and also safeguarding. Um, I now inspect primary um, and secondary schools and independent and special schools and ITE um, providers as well and I started inspecting ITE in 2014 and I worked out that I've probably inspected as lead or assistant lead or a team member um, more than 10 providers I think since then and that would include small skits um, HEI, so higher education, um, university provision, and also Teach First. And in terms of Oxfordshire, I inspected the Charwell Ops skit, unbelievably. It was in June and November 2017. I was really pleased that Charwell volunteered, or maybe were volunteered, to be part of the first stage of our pilot inspections of the new framework um, back you know, last autumn term in 2019. And I was really glad to be back. And also, I suppose through that and many other school inspections, mostly in the city in Oxford rather than the surrounding areas, but some in the surrounding area, I feel as if I'm quite familiar with the character and challenge of education in Oxfordshire. So, Janet, I think what we'd like to do really is we'd like to perhaps start thinking about this new initial teacher education inspection framework um, and the ITE inspection framework. And we'd perhaps like to think about um, the, the journey that's, that's gone on to get to where it is now that it's just been published. Um, in particular, thinking about this, this kind of shift now towards uh, the curriculum. So um, perhaps let's have a little talk about that. Well, you know, if I want to go back really to think about school inspection um, and when we started looking closely at changing you know, what, we, what we did under the common inspection framework to the education inspection framework, it really started you know, way back in 2016 with the big conversations about the curriculum. Um, we, we were interested in whether or not you know, there was an overemphasis on outcomes data and maybe not enough emphasis on how schools are growing and developing children's knowledge and skills across a rich range of subjects and topics and so that shift which uh, you know we followed a, a very similar pattern in terms of the research we did um, piloting of the framework um, going out to consultation 
um, changing that framework, which has now been in existence since September last year, um, we need it to do the same thing with ITE because it's common sense, isn't it, that if teachers are being trained to teach and provide this quality of education and provide um, strong sequences of learning for children, that they need to be trained in that way. So it was time, it was time to make that change. Um, now we know that the scope and breadth of meaning of the word curriculum in ITE is different from that in a school, you know, we understand that. But at the same time, we, we wanted to know what curriculum quality looked like in an ITE context and considered how we could evaluate it. Um, there was a, such a previous emphasis on outcomes under the old framework, wasn't quite in step with what schools wanted necessarily or the DfE um, and we also had the challenge of recruitment you know, underpinning some of that so we needed to line up the work as well with the early career framework and the core content that was you know due to be coming soon at that point and also we had to take into account the diversification of the sector over the last few years where there's been a huge growth in smaller providers skits and so on offering school-led programs so um, you know, we, we felt we, that that was the right time. And so we based everything we did on research. There was a huge consultation actually with key stakeholders and inspectors. We did the piloting. Um, and also we used our experience of 26 years of inspecting ITE. Um, we've had over 300 responses to the consultation. We've run events and webinars. And I think there have been 33 pilots. Um, and when we had to stop the pilots because of COVID-19, we um, actually did also carry on some research remotely with providers. Um, we couldn't make the change overnight. We had to ensure we had a depth and breadth of research to underpin any changes. So um, before even the piloting started, there was a lot of research, including visits to um, research visits to providers. Um, back in well, back last summer so there's been a huge journey really to get to that point to sort of shift away from an emphasis on completion rates employment rates and the individual effectiveness of trainees move away from that to really be thinking about what the training um, for an ITE program what it's really offering so that's kind of where we got to um, I hope that answers it really in a roundabout way yeah, no, that's that's really great. That's that's giving us that sense. And I think it's, you know, we'll we'll, we'll say this. I apologise because I'm going to say sound like a broken record with with all the podcasts I'm going to be doing in the future about this sense of, of really joined up thinking going on um, that we're, we're seeing now this, this sense that the, the inspection framework for schools and for initial teacher training and initial teacher education um, is very much aligned. And also that sense that um, everything leading from the um, core content uh, uh, into the early career framework and there's the alignment going on there so it's really really um, important for people to kind of have that sense of where where all that fits together so Janet in, in your opinion and by you I, I mean you but also of course the, the opinion of, of Ofsted um, if, if you're thinking about what an effective uh, curriculum or curriculum quality looks like in terms of, of initial teacher uh, inspection frameworks rather than for, for a school what kind of thing do you think um, this new inspection framework is going to be looking for for a, a, a high quality curriculum that's being provided by uh, an organisation like Oxfordshire Teacher Training? Well, I, I can't answer that in terms of what we're looking for. Um, 
we don't look for particular things we look at i would say is is the emphasis and there isn't there isn't such a thing as an ofsted curriculum um so i need to be really clear about that and our framework does make it clear so uh, published this week of course the framework it is very much for providers themselves to determine what they want to include in their ITE curriculum within the parameters that they already have because they already have the teacher standards they will have the core content from September but of course those in themselves are not a curriculum and I think um, I wouldn't want there to be any confusion there those are not you know an outline of curriculum but they are there as parameters so it is really for the providers themselves um, it is as it always has been though about how well prepared trainees are to teach and how they're prepared to teach a well sequenced curriculum to children and i think that's the key thing really yeah absolutely that's 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 very much and if you've been listening to previous episodes of our podcast um, you might remember the one that we did uh, with Will Reeves looking at um, how to sequence uh, the history curriculum in primary schools, for example, thinking about you know the the, the depth of thinking that has to go on um, before actually just doing the teaching. And of course, um, as a trainee or an associate teacher, as we call our, our trainee teachers, um, thinking about uh, things beyond just a, a single lesson is is essential. Um, but yeah. thinking about it across the whole yeah. school time is really important. Um, and I'm really glad that you've mentioned uh, there that that. Um, it's it's not the case that there is an Ofsted curriculum that people should be looking for and, and it isn't the case that the uh, core content is the curriculum so um, here in Oxfordshire teacher training um, we've we've uh, developed our curriculum to be around seven core areas and uh, they very much part of it is, is material from there but it's more than that as well yeah um, so other than the, the, this this real shift towards um, the curriculum and away from outcomes what what do you say, Janet, are the key changes um, that people are going to see in this new inspection framework for initial teacher education? Okay, well, I suppose on firstly on a practical note we've moved away from the two-stage process that we had before where we had um, um, summer and autumn visits um, in the same 12-month um, period for a provider so it's a one-stage process inspections will last for four days and they're going to be in the spring and summer terms only really to enable trainees I think to have settled in and, and for providers to have you know, accumulated enough information about the curriculum and trainees therefore able to talk about that in a meaningful way um, we've changed the judgment areas um, we've now got two judgment areas um, the first one is quality of education and training and then leadership and management so we've moved away and we don't have an outcomes judgment um, we've um, as I've said probably already we've removed aspects that don't really assess the quality of the ITE curriculum um, so we previously focused on those employment completion rates and and assessments um, you know the end uh, of the, uh, the train individual trainees and their effectiveness rather than the quality of what trainees are taught in the program so we're looking more at that now um, as with the school inspection framework the outstanding um, judgment really does mean exceptional um, it's not a best fit judgment now um, we've also, I suppose, moving on to methodology, we're mirroring the methodology that we've used successfully with the school inspection framework to 
try and take, we found this works from, from a, a validity point of view and reliability that we are doing focused reviews. We're not calling them deep dives as we do in school inspection, but they are focused reviews of aspects of the ITE curriculum. So we're following that model to make sure that we are looking at all different layers and connected elements of the programme that the provider is offering. And there is, of course, a, a sharper focus on training to teach a subject or a range of subjects for primary um, trainees as well. So that has already started under the previous framework. That, you know, there was a move towards that, but we have sharpened that further. Um, and I, you know, I do find it helpful to think about the, what the literature review told us from um, Sheffield Hallam um, about IT curriculum, meaning what it is to be a teacher what it is to teach a subject and you know, what it is to teach children. I mean, I'm kind of paraphrasing slightly on my own words there, but that's how I like to see it. Um, mm, yeah. Having those elements, you know, it can, that's, that's a change. That is a shift as well. Yeah, and that's, that, was, that was really noticeable when, when we were doing the, the work back in uh, the autumn of last year. Um, we, we could really see those, those changes coming through. Um, and it, it's, you know, for, for, all, for all providers, I mean, certainly for Oxfordshire teacher training, um, we found that a really fantastic um, opportunity then to, to, to look really closely at what we were doing in terms of, of those, those three aspects that you, you talk about um, and thinking about, about those there. Um, so regular listeners to this podcast will know that um, we, we really do want to focus in on the, the importance of the role of the mentor, um, because, you know, certainly in our, our opinion, and we know this is shared by many, um, the, the role of the mentor is you know as as almost the most important part of, of this process because if we don't get that bit right it can have such an impact um for associate teachers for trainees there so um obviously i, I can't well i can ask but i know that i won't I won't be able to get an answer from you about asking about you know any top tips that you've, you've got from other in, inspections and things you've done there but um in terms of in terms of the, the role of the mentor um what kind of thing do you think this new inspection framework is going to be doing to to it in sort of investigate and understand um, what's happening in terms of the way the, the mentor, when, I say the mentor, the way mentoring is carried out um, by providers. I think that um, it, it was important under the last framework and it's, it's um, as you say, it's even more important now. I think we perhaps strengthened and clarified some of that work in the framework <clears throat> currently so I would say first of all there isn't necessarily one way or an Ofsted way of, of, of being a mentor or having mentoring as part of your program so we again we we're looking at rather than looking for but I think there are some features that um, that I think might be useful for you to think about at this point so I, it's important to consider that when we're talking about mentoring, we're not just talking about one person here in a trainee's um, life through, their pro through the programme they're following. It, it, it could be a number of different people in a number of different roles, couldn't it? Um, we talk in the framework and certainly from our findings from research about quality interactions between the mentor and trainee and, and how mentoring supports trainees to put theory into practice. Um, we're certainly interested in how mentors are selected and how they're trained for their role. And that, that certainly is in the framework um, and what they do and the impact that has every day. 
and how providers know this I think is important how they know about those quality interactions and what they do to monitor your quality assure um, and, and the impact of that quality assurance um, and I think because of the emphasis now in the framework on the quality of the um, program the IT curriculum I think we have to remember that the mentor in school will actually be responsible for delivering some of that as well as maybe the day-to-day lesson-by-lesson support coaching guidance mentoring that will happen between the mentor and the trainee actually there is an element here about making sure they really know what's happening at the center in the central training program perhaps are responsive to anticipate and are really help helping a trainee to get the knowledge that they need to teach a subject or to teach a particular you know range of pupils or you know a particular strategy or pedagogy so there's there's a high level of responsibility there um, as well as that awareness of workload um, I, I'm just going to make a reference to I think it's paragraph 169 of the new handbook I don't quite know it off by heart yet but um, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a little bit and this is one of the grade descriptors under leadership and management and it talks about leaders creating opportunities <clears throat> excuse me for trainers and subject mentors um, And this is perhaps notably secondary, but it probably would apply to primary as well. So those leaders creating opportunities for trainers and mentors to review and strengthen subject dimensions for trainees. So there's an element there that mental responsibility. And we we also, the framework also makes reference to that cycle that you would have in a provider for mentors of induction training, feedback for mentors, And also, we're going to be looking at how mentors are supporting the intent of the ITE curriculum. Mm. So that awareness, that knowledge of the the central programme is going to be even more important. And it's also, this is what trainees have told us in Ofsted, where when they they have sometimes raised consistency of mentoring as, as a factor, but they've also talked about how how much better it is for them when the mentor knows what's going on in the program and can work alongside it so I think that's that's important we obviously want to find out what's typical and I would say really um, most importantly you know we're interested in the rationale for particular approaches um, but we're all, but most importantly it just as with school inspection where we're, we want to be pupil centered we want to know what it's like to be a pupil in the school we also want to know what is it like to be a trainee with this partnership and and how how are they benefiting from that mentoring you know, what is it like to be on the receiving end of that i think um, that's really crucial brilliant <clears throat> thank you um so some really really important things for for, for everybody involved in training to think about but um, obviously um, if if you're one of our mentors um, hopefully you're listening to Janet speak there and you're, and you're re- referring back to the, the training um, that you, you've had with us already f- to start the new year and, and thinking about the curriculum that you what you know so far about um, what we're putting together for the for the year and thinking about then how are you going to be involved in, in that process and thinking about that's all really really key 
Now, um, let's let's turn to something which uh, is is of you know su such significance really, and, and particularly at the time of recording, we're thinking about um, you know support supporting for um, mental health, and and also thinking about um, sustainable workloads and 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 reducing unnecessary workloads. Um, this this new inspection framework, do you, do you feel that um, there's there's anything in in the new framework that's that's going to help to contribute towards yeah, a, um, you know th this change in culture, which which certainly we, we feel we're seeing in schools, and 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 we, we we're seeing in in terms of thinking about how can we get to get our trainees to be prepared for what the reality of the classroom is really like once they actually become um, an early career teacher. It's important for the mentor as well, isn't it? Oh, um, oh, because oh, sometimes that can go wrong for them, can't it? If if yeah. then if they're not given enough time to carry out this really important role so yeah. that I know can be a real tension but thinking about about the training you know we offset have made a very public commitment to reducing unnecessary workload and promoting well-being and good mental health and um, I mean on the other hand we know that teaching is a really hard job and you have to work hard at it and it's not to be undertaken lightly and um, I would feel that 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 providers have a big role to play in this too um, we certainly are considering it. It's, it's in our judgment areas, in our frameworks for both school and IT inspections. These are real considerations, and and potentially, um, you know, could make a difference to the judgment that a provider gets if if there is unreasonable um, demands and unnecessary, you know, bureaucratic. I think it talks about in the framework paperwork, for example, um, that's not necessary. Um, so, you know, I feel that there's a role for offset and, and partnerships to be challenging on this, to be challenging schools, actually, if there might be unreasonable expectations there. Yeah. Um, but I also think it's slightly, you know, more philosophically, perhaps, that this, with the new framework, with new frameworks, actually, thinking about the school one as well, this emphasis on the what of how you learn to teach and focusing a bit on more on content, perhaps. So building up trainees store of knowledge, subject knowledge, um, especially when it's rooted in tried and tested research. This, I think, will help give trainees that confidence they need and they'll have more to draw upon. And it'll be exciting for them and that will help as well. You know, that learn, you know, learning new content, learning about the subject, different subjects, learning about um, special educational needs, learning about how to manage behavior, you know, really understanding that gives them confidence and that resilience we talk a lot about and creative thinking um, and that I mean I'd hope that that would keep them going through the dark times um, and at the same time we've responded to what trainees um, have told us that they want which is they want you know to know how to manage behavior that's something they're still concerned about they want to know how to cater for different pupils needs and be inclusive so again, I think the framework is supporting at a practical level, as well as it being really foregrounded in the grade descriptors. I've got one, one more question to ask, which is uh, really to, to look at the, the wider work that Ofsted does um, beyond um, just the inspections. And um, I, I know that at the moment you're involved in some re research, which probably you, you won't be able to tell us about what you're doing right now. But um, I wonder if there's anything that you, you would like to, to point our listeners towards um, in terms of, of things that um, Ofsted have, have put out fairly recently. Um, that you think people should be aware of that, that goes beyond just the work that's going on around um, inspections themselves? 
Um, well, there's, there's, a, there's a lot um, based on the research and the consultation that we've already done actually building up to that. So um, there's um, from January 2020, we have the document, um, a commentary really, Building Great Teachers, which is which was a commentary on the, the initial research that we did before we started working on the new framework. Um, I'd certainly recommend people to read um, the new ha new handbook. Um, obviously, I think there's a lot in there that I think people will find useful. Um, and also the consultation report, because we have published just this week um, our responses to the consultation, you know, where we've made changes, what considerations we've made. And, and, that, and that response has included things that weren't, we didn't directly ask stakeholders about, but things that came up. And so again, it's got our response there. Um, that we, we have a lot of um, survey reports for, for school inspection as well, that may be useful, I would think, for mentors to be thinking about. Um, since I've been working, although I, you're right, I won't tell you about the research, research I'm doing at the moment, but um, it, I mean, it's nothing controversial, but I'm not going to tell you about it. <laughs> but um, the having working within the research team at Ofsted has been incredibly interesting for me because um, what I, I asked a question when I started um, working with them in my secondment during COVID-19 you know why would researchers from universities from academia want to come and work for Ofsted I asked that question and they said that because the research goes somewhere something happens to it it's um it's not just published and put on a shelf you know something will 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 change as a result of it and there's a huge team of you know highly accomplished people who look at international um findings as well as what what's going on in this country and work with you know with other um you know key research organizations that that you probably are aware of and look at too so it's been very interesting for me so we do regularly publish reports on this and so keep an eye on those the other thing i thought of um just when you asked that question was um for mentors and people involved in training whether they read any of our inspection reports because although they're not necessarily the client base for those um, but I think again they can be very interesting in, in terms of what you know the, the practice that's out there you know where good practice is highlighted will come out through those reports and whereas we would never say just because it's done in this provider you should do it with your partnership it's still interesting to see what's happening out there so um, that's something to think about that maybe people don't often consider. Yes, I'm just wondering how many of our mentors have a, a you know their time reading of, of other other inspection reports. But you know it is a valuable thing to do, definitely. Thank you very very much indeed, Janet. And uh, we we look forward to, to seeing you um, again soon, potentially, or if not, <laughs> we look forward to uh, to uh, uh, seeing how how the, the whole world of um, Ofsted. Uh, is, is once, once schools get back to normal, which of course is the thing that we all want as soon as possible. Thank you, thank you, really enjoyed it, thank Pleasure. you.